Welcome to On the Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. I've got a special edition of Josh and Josh. Uh, it's it's going to be Josh Newberg and myself interviewing Josh Storms. That's right. We have Josh Storms, FSU's Director of Strength and Conditioning. He is the SNC coach. He is the lifeblood of the program. And, and we're really fortunate to get Coach Storms on because he's he's really taking the charge and helping guide FSU through uncertain times. I mean, every college football program is dealing with this uncertainty right now of this pause of, of student athletes and uh, players not being around the program. And he's uh, he's really transparent and forthcoming about how that's impacting FSU's attempt to get guys where they want them to be physically, uh, the mental conditioning aspect of it. Uh, I really enjoyed having Coach Storms on. He also goes into his philosophy of building a strength and conditioning program from what he wants to do philosophically with like getting guys in shape to how he implements things to fall in line with what coach Mike Marvell wants to how he hires his staff. It's really intricate and detailed and elaborate. And I think you're going to really enjoy coach storm's perspective on this. He also has a little bit of fun with us as well. So I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, This is like my fifth time recording the intro. Skype has been acting all wonky today. Uh, Josh Newberg did say to not apologize, though, so I'm not apologizing. I'm just letting you guys know we're dealing with some stuff. Uh, and before we uh, before we get to that, I do want to to give a quick shout out to Tally Mac Shack. They are doing legitimately unique, good, delicious macaroni and cheese. I love going to that. Uh, their food truck whenever I'm at Deep Brewing. Uh, obviously, I've been able to get out in a little while, but when I am out. Uh, on a Sunday night and getting a beer, I like to blend it with the uh, with the Tally Mac Shack because they do really interesting creations and and fun things with macaroni and cheese. Can't go wrong with with beer and mac and cheese, right? So uh, so follow them at Twitter or on Twitter. It's at Tally Mac Shack. Uh, they have the same handle for Instagram and Facebook as well. Like I said, really good stuff, and they're uh, they're being very cognizant and, and conscientious of how how they're preparing their food and and being safe, and they're doing the let's see, they have. Uber Eats, Bite Squad that they'll deliver to your home. Make sure I got my notes right so they'll have those to deliver to you. If you do go out, please be safe. They have curbside pickup. They have open truck delivery process. The jingles you're hearing in the background is Willie making uh, making noise. And they also have a deal with Register Sausage where they're going to be doing the uh, sausage stimulus package where where they're going to be help getting that uh, that product out in grocery stores relatively soon. So again, Tally Mac Shack, really awesome product. If you're going to be going out, be safe and uh, and do support local businesses when you do so. So uh, so yeah, uh, enough for me. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then on the other side, we're going to have Josh Storms coming up. Again, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coach Storms, welcome to On the Bench. How's it going? Good morning, guys. How you doing, man? We're doing awesome today. Good, good. I'm glad to hear. I'm doing awesome Great as well. Great to have you. Yeah, we're excited for this. So uh, b- before we get into kind of some of the stuff that you're, you've are you been doing with, with players through the offseason, Coach, I, I want to get your thoughts on, for someone like myself who's not in fantastic shape, not in awful shape, uh, what are like some home workouts that you would suggest to kind of ease my way back into into getting in shape while while kind of stuck at home here? You know, you know, I've told told a few people this right now. You know, this this definitely isn't the time to to overthink your your fitness journey. Uh, step one is is accept the fact that doing something's going to be better than doing nothing. So the first thing I do is man, yeah, get up off that couch, get out and do something. I mean, start go for a walk. You know, you want to mm-hmm. make that a little bit harder. Find a hill in your neighborhood. You know, you know, walk some good reps up and down that hill, get a good sweat going, and then just just make make that consistent, and build from there. You know, guys want to get back in better shape. It's all about building habits that will take you down the road to being in better shape. So, first thing I do is start that habit, and I guarantee you, the you know, day one hundred to be better than day one. Coach, is someone that is working hands on with players in their normal job, um, these are not normal days. So, how hard is this for you to not be able to interact with these guys one on one every single day? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's it, it's awful. Um, you know, I mean, the, the number one reason you know I, we do this job or I do this job is the the opportunity to to work with these guys and, and build the relationships. And you know, it's it's like having a a group of you know a hundred little brothers that you you get to go interact with every day. And, and also now you know you you don't you don't have that. And there's there's nothing like getting in that weight room and having a group of guys, and, you know, blowing that whistle and moving forward towards a common goal and. And right now you you don't you don't get that. So it's a lot of uh, a lot of individual management and a lot of uh, online coaching, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, when you've been with Mike Norvell for eight years now, um, when did you know that yeah. you and Mike were going to team up? Like you, when did you know that you were going to kind of have this career together, move forward together? You know, when when Coach Graham's staff came into Arizona State in 2012. Um, you know, he brought a lot of really good coaches along with him. And, uh, uh, Mike was a guy that, you know, I got along with pretty well, right from the start. Um, there was some, some opportunities that are, that arose at the end of that first season, uh, that, that he ultimately passed on. But as we led up to that, you know, we had some, we had some conversations about the future and whatnot. So kind of, you know, a good, a good team. And, and it was just mm-hmm. a matter of, of eventually, you know, him, him eventually finding a spot that he felt was the best, the best fit. You've been, You've been with him this whole time. Um, it's an intense job. It's you know high pressure. What is it about your two personalities that allow you to coexist like this for so long and be so productive together? You know, I think at the end of the day, I think our our moral compass of how a program should be run, and most importantly, the reason why we do what we do, is very very much in line. You know. You know, you hear coach talk about, you know, service, sacrifice, and respect a lot and when we talk about, like, our, you know, our pillars of our program. And, you know, we both have our, our way that we go about it. But at the, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, we both know that we're, we are pushing towards the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's easy for me to echo his message and echo the, the culture he wants to instill in our program because it, it's what I believe in. You know, if, if I wasn't with Mike, I would still believe in those same things of how that are, you know, in the roles that we're in that can, that are, that are aligned the way we're aligned. And that makes things, one, it makes, it makes things a lot smoother. We know that we can, uh, you know, push ideas back and forth off of each other. And typically, you know, it's, it's, we, we have a pretty good mix of, of how we, 
make those decisions and move forward how we implement things with our program. Hmm. So what is kind of your daily routine now that everything's kind of on lockdown? How do you communicate not only with the players, but also with the other coaches on the staff? I just imagine that you're just on your phone all day. Yeah, I've used my phone more in the past few weeks than I probably have in the past year put together. Um, It's, it's unbelievable. So Right now, I got a uh, I got an office set up outside here on my um, we have like a screened in porch in the back of the house. So that's become that's become home base, um, mm-hmm. which is a little, little colder out here this morning than it's been other mornings. But uh, so you know, it's you know, still it's it's, uh, it's all about having structure, and, and that's one of the, one of the things like not not just not just you know our staff or our players, but I think everybody's going through right now is is how to restructure your day, and, and so it all starts with that. You know, I have a you know consistent time to go to bed at night. I got a consistent time to wake up in the morning. Uh, typically, you know, whatever I'm going on in the morning, I get up, I get up out of bed in time to, to move around a little bit, uh, get a little bit of coffee in my body, uh, get some reading done. And then depending on the day, uh, you know, Monday mornings, we'll have a, we'll have a football all staff meeting all done via zoom. Um, I didn't know what zoom was two weeks ago and now it seems to be the focal point <laughs> of my life. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, so so we have our that Monday staff meeting. Um, I got the you know the rest of the days of the week. Uh, I'll meet with my staff, whether that be doing some uh, current professional development stuff, whether it be talking about our guys, um, and then also too, you know, working a lot on what the plan is for for when we come back, when we get the all clear to to resume business as usual and get rolling again. You know, we have to have a very unique plan in place for a very unique situation none of us have experienced before. Um, you know, meanwhile, while all this is going on, my little guy's inside doing kindergarten with mom. So yeah. I try to do my best to structure, try to do the best to structure my day around uh, around the kindergarten day. So around eleven o'clock, try to take a break out here, uh, go outside and do a little bit of recess, which has either been playing catch in the backyard or football or uh, basketball in the driveway. And then once lunchtime's over, and then I'm, I'm back at it in the afternoons, and uh, you know, working through just communicate with the guys and and just do what we can do every day to make sure that, you know, we're giving our guys the best chance to, to come out of the situation successfully. So coach, this is a, a, this is a simple question, but may elicit a, a more complicated result. How did you, how did you decide that you wanted to get into strength and conditioning and, and coach that and make that your career? Yeah. I mean, yeah, simple question, probably, probably, a, a probably a long, a long story behind it. Um, you know, uh, growing up, growing up as a kid, uh, grew up in, in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, was always involved with sports. Was an athlete for you know as long as I can remember. Um, was always a guy that was that was tall, long frame. Uh, always felt that was you know underweight and and you know needed to be stronger and more explosive with those things. So you know, I, I took the took the training at a pretty young age, um, and and I knew for me, I knew like if I wasn't doing that, I didn't have a chance to compete. Um, and then, you know, after, after high school, uh, went on, uh, went to a NAI school first, uh, after a year there, transferred to the university of South Dakota, um, had a very short injury plagued, a remarkable college football career. And, uh, during that time, and just being one of those guys whose story is pretty common that spends probably as, as much time being hurt as they did actually play in the game, um, probably spent more time preparing to play the game than I did actually play in the game. And I kind of reached a point somewhere, somewhere in there. I realized I was probably, you know, as much as I love football, I realized the part I was most passionate about football was the preparation. Um, I just, I really enjoyed the, 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 the weight of that being on your shoulders. You know, you're, you're, you're only going to get the results of the work that you've done. 
you know, no one can call that in for you. You got to get out there and do it yourself. I like self-discipline, you know, back then, you know, you went home in the summertime. You didn't stay on campus to uh, take part in the summer program. I like the self-discipline where it is on you to get out and do that work and make that happen around a summer job and do those things. Mm-hmm. And so kind of as, as, I, as I wrapped up my college career, I knew that uh love football, still want to be involved with football, but I knew I wanted to be involved with the the, the preparation side of the game. Uh, and at that point, you know, the weight had done so much for me and realized a lot of my, uh, you know, mentors in that game and stuff were guys that, you know, were, were guys that were in the weight room or, you know, the guy that owned the gym that I trained at at home in the summer times, uh, people like that. Uh, so as I came to the end there, you know, I knew, I knew I needed to get some experience. And to be honest, I was completely and totally clueless how to go about it. So I found a private facility in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, volunteered my time there for a summer. And this is, this is right when I had finished playing, uh, you know, back then they trained a lot of local high school athletes, uh, a lot of kind of in-state, uh, small college athletes that didn't have summer programs would come back to this, this place to train. Um, I was just so fortunate, fortunate though, that through complete happenstance and not by my own forethought that the guy that ran that program, uh, was a guy named Steve Bliss. And Steve Bliss was one of Boyd Epley's original crew at the University of Nebraska that was there when college strength conditioning was full. Um, hmm. You know, he had been the first ever strength coach at Miami, the first ever strength coach at Ohio State. Um, the guy had a very long, decorated career as a pioneer in the field. And I basically, by accident, it had that guy enter my life. And uh, the guy provided a ton of advice for me and direction for me. Uh, Came out of that, knew I needed to go do an internship for, for school credit. Uh, so once again, still being pretty clueless in, in how to go about this. I, remember I sent out two resumes. was all I sent out. I sent one to the Minnesota Vikings and one, one to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, uh, interview, interviewed for, for both internships, uh, accepted the one with Minnesota. And then that year when spring break rolled around, instead of heading off to a spring break spot, I went up and lived in an extended stay and worked, uh, worked OTAs, uh, went back, finished the spring semester at school and went back up to Minneapolis in the summer, uh, spent, uh, spent basically a year there. Um, started off as an internship, became a paid, uh, seasonal position. And that was, uh, that was, uh, 99, 2000, right in there. That was, uh, Dennis Green's last season up there. Uh, end of that season came around, obviously, uh, coach Green was let go. Um, which kind of you know, will, sc- will scatter a staff and will especially scatter a staff when you're a guy that's got less than a year in the business and not a whole lot of a network out there behind you. So uh, went back to Sioux Falls this, uh, that summer, uh, worked in a gym, knew my next step was going to be grad school. Um, had no idea where. Um, probably the one good decision I did make, though, rather than choosing a grad school first and then trying to see if I could get involved with the strength program when I got there, uh, I picked a grad school based on the strength program and then handled school after I got there. Um, so I ended up going to uh, UNLV, and the uh, the reason I went there was we had quite a few players from the Vikings at that time that spent their off seasons training with a guy named Mark Phillippe at UNLV. Um, I don't know if that name rings a bell for anybody listening, but uh, uh, I remember uh, World's Strongest Man. You know, you see on ESPN two all the time. Uh, oh, okay. Mark was one of the best. Yeah, Mark was one of the best U.S. competitors of, of that era, and uh, was the head strength coach at UNLV. So. You know, a lot of those guys told me as a Minnesota, like, hey, man, if you want to do this, you got to go learn from Mark. That's the guy you want to be with. You know, I've heard that echoed to me from enough players. And with having really no college network, that was through all my eggs in that basket. And uh, went out there, worked for Mark, was going to grad school. Uh, at one at one point out there, I was working in the weight, volunteering in the weight room, uh, taking like six grad school credits. Plus, I had two jobs on the side trying to make everything 
you know, make all make all the ends of meet. So a lot, a lot, a lot of very different odd jobs, odd hours, uh, a lot of sleeping in my truck in between during the day because I'd only be home for a couple hours a day before the next day rolled around. Um, as time went there, um, I, you know, became a, a paid position, uh, an assistant there in the, on the, in the strength program. Um, at that point, I was able to ditch those other jobs, basically pour myself into into our athletes all my time there while still going to class. Um, uh, after their two, two and a half years, that was uh, John Robinson's final couple seasons there at UNLV. Uh, got an opportunity to go work for Joe Kent at Arizona State. Um, now, that, that name for anybody that follows college strength and conditioning, uh, Joe Big House Kent is a name probably that, I mean, if, if you don't know that name, you've never been in the business before. <laughs> um, guys won, you know, every, uh, every award you can win, you know, books, lectures, kind of one of the, still one of the best guys out there doing it. Um, so I, I was there with, with house for, for, for a good stretch of time and, uh, learned a ton there at Arizona state. Eventually, uh, he left for Louisville, um, an assistant that I worked with then Ben Hilgart, uh, got the head job there, uh, worked with coach Hilgart there for, for a good stretch of years. Eventually Dennis Erickson staff turned over. Todd Grant staff came in 2012 and that's when I met coach Norvell. Hmm. It all ties together. How did, how did you assemble your assistant staff that's under you? Because these guys got a ton of energy. Uh, they're upbeat. They all seem like their personalities are all similar and they complement you well. So I just wanted to know how did you assemble this staff and what did you look for when you hired them? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when, when I knew that we were, we were coming here to Florida state, you know, I knew right away, you know, priority number one was, was assembling the right staff. Um, I knew as of being a unique situation, hiring a staff in that my top, top assistant at Memphis, uh, Noah Franklin, I knew he had a very good shot to get the job there at Memphis, um, which, which he did. And I had another assistant on my staff who was, who was, uh, getting out of the profession for a little bit. Um, his wife just wrapped up med school, started, started her, uh, her specialist residency and they're getting ready to have a baby in February. So I already knew I was losing him at the end of last season. So, uh, and then out of other, other guys left, I had coach Dowdy left. And then I had, uh, coach Tokars, which that name's familiar to you guys because, because of Tony Tokars and our staff, but his brother was my GA there at Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, I talked to talked to Noah when he got that job, and I said, "Listen, I said I'm gonna I'm gonna take want to take Dowdy with me. You know, basically, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep one, and I'm gonna let you keep one because I know you need to, you know, you know, assemble your first staff and stuff as well." Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple names that I had in mind, uh, but really, my first my first uh, mission was I knew coming here, I knew the the type of staff that we assembled here would be very important. I knew the the job we had cut out for us. Uh, in the weight room and in instilling a program and a culture and those things. And for me, the number one most important thing for me was finding the right personalities and the right types of guys. You know, it wasn't about, you know, so much what guys know. Um, it wasn't about what a guy's kind of area of specialty is to me. The number one specialty I was looking for was a guy with energy, a guy that could build relationships and a guy that's wired similar to how coach and I are wired and how you should treat a guy, how you should coach a guy, how you should uphold a standard. Um, and so I did a lot of, a lot of talking to, to people I know in the business. Um, I had a couple, you know, kind of think everybody can always has kind of a, a, a mental depth chart. They know like, Hey, if I have a spot that comes open, I, I know depending on what that role is. I got a couple of guys I'd like to look at. And, uh, a couple of the guys I talked to were, were on that list already. Um, starting with, uh, with coach Jones, with DJ, uh, mm-hmm. I was actually preparing to, I was actually preparing to hire him at Memphis, uh, to replace coach Scott. 
and uh, kind of midway through that hiring process, I had to give him a call. I said, hey, man, I said, I know this is going slow. I said, there's a lot of moving parts right now. I said, you got to just hang tight. I said, my my plan's still the same to bring, to, that I want to bring you in, but just so you know, I think the geography is going to be changing. So I was able to call him back a couple of days afterwards, say, hey, you know, plan's still on. I still want you on the staff, but you're not headed to Memphis. You're headed to Tallahassee. So <laughs> What was his reaction there? <laughs> He's a yeah, that's a, yeah, oh yeah, he was, he was fired up. He was fired up to, to be part of it. You know, uh, we had talked a lot in the, in the you know month or so, uh, kind of leading up to that point. So you know, he had a pretty good idea of what what I wanted on the staff. Uh, his boss, he was currently working for, you know, giving him an outstanding recommendation. Um, you know, there's a small business. Uh, I was able to talk mm-hmm. to, you know, the strength coaches that he played for at the University of Washington and stuff. As a, at that time, the guy that that I know pretty well. Uh, who's the uh, head straight coach for the Seahawks now. But um, so I knew, I knew what kind of guy I was getting at DJ. Uh, so, which, which, which was, which was awesome. I was excited to be bringing him on to begin with. Uh, knew from phone conversations, that guy was, that guy was wired the right way. Um, excited to learn, excited to, to take it all in. And then a guy with a great background of, of experience behind him as well. Um, you know, after that, um, you know, Coach Farnyak, uh, you know, I've, I've known, I've actually known his family for a long time. Um, he comes from a, from a football family. He's actually um, the smallest guy in his family. Um, he's got an older brother that played at Oklahoma, uh, and then his two younger brothers both, both play in Nebraska now. Um, all offensive linemen. Um, and we recruited his older brother at Arizona State, Coach Thompson did, when he was our online coach there. So I've been familiar with this family for quite a while, and the reason is is they're from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And being a South Dakota boy myself, there's not a whole lot of us out there, so when you do encounter somebody like that, you tend to tend to remember them. Um, and so uh, Coach Farn played for Coach McKnight at Iowa State, who's the head straight coach at Texas now, who's been a good professional friend of mine for uh, probably a decade plus now. Mm-hmm. And so far had been a guy on my radar for quite a while. I'd, I'd, I'd talked to him before on the phone. Um, he actually, when he was at most recent, most recently before he went to Stanford, he was at Louisiana tech. Uh, when he was at uh, La tech, he came up and visited us at Memphis during their week off, uh, spent some time with us, just observing, learning, hanging out and stuff. So he's a guy who had a really good feel for, uh, I knew from coach McKnight, I knew what kind of guy I was going to get. I knew I was going to get a guy that was, that was intense, a guy that was fired up, also a guy that was very polished in the world of, of college athletics and, and training. And then also just being from a football family and having played the game at the level we played at, you know, I knew once again, I knew that was a guy that was going to fit in really, really well with our, uh, with our philosophy here. And then finally, uh, coach Coleman, um, you know, coach Coleman was a guy who, um, they had just, at that, that point, they hadn't been let go at Ole Miss, but it was, it was trending that way. Um, and I knew who Lanier was before that, but we had never met. Uh, I had one of my uh, close professional friends reach out, really, really spoke highly of that guy, which is impressive because the guy that called me tends to hate everybody. And that guy absolutely adores Lanier Coleman. And so I was like, all right, if, if, if he's probably saying positive things about this guy, this is what I got to check out. And then, you know, so I reached out to him. We had a really good phone conversation. Uh, we met the, met the day, uh, day after that, kind of had kind of a uh, very informal interview. Um, it's just a chance really just to, just to meet and feel out personality type and, and, and those kinds of things. Um, and in the course of a couple of days of, of me uh, kind of looking into Lanier, uh, I kind of came across three or four of the people in the business uh, who unsolicited that name had come up and all – just spoke extremely high of what kind of coach he is, how good he is on the floor and how good of a human being he is. And I mean, the, the, the list of positive boxes is pretty endless. So I knew at that point, I said, okay, man, this is, this is, this is my guy. Um, 
was able to extend him an offer. Uh, he jumped on board, and this, this all had to happen quick, you know, because we were play, we were on site at the Cotton Bowl, and I was here about 12 hours in Tallahassee after the Cotton Bowl ended with all the staff showing up here on January 2nd. So it all went, basically a lot of this, all this, this story takes about as long to tell as it did in real time. Um, we had to go <laughs> no, once, once we all hit the ground, once we all hit the ground here, like, you know, staff job very quick. And I think that's just because of, of, of the personality types. Yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been an unbelievable fit. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And I wanted to ask you about it because I don't think people, I think some people, you know, there's strength and conditioning nerds out there that get it, but I don't think a lot of people understand how much thought goes into just bringing in your assistant coaching staff, um, let alone the thought that you put into, you know, helping these players. you got a whole staff that does the same and is, is walking side by side with you throughout the process. I also wanted to ask you about your beard. Uh, you got some, you got a strong beard game. Is that a staple? I mean, is it something that you shave and you grow back for certain times? What, what is it? Tell me about it. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I noticed the uh, fan base is very disappointed when I showed up relatively clean shaven after the uh, uh, end of the season picture that they, that they posted originally. Um, no, the beard has always been, always been there in uh, one, one form or another. Uh, there might be a couple times a year where I, get the clippers out and, and tame it back down a little bit. But uh, really there's no, uh, there's no uh, uh, real grand thought process behind, behind where that thing goes. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, you had like a playoff beard. No, no, no. Trust me. It's not nearly that thought out. <laughs> All right. Good to know. <laughs> so, so coach understanding that these are normal times and it hasn't been like a traditional start at a new program. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on what you've learned about, your players, the guys you're working with, both from working with them closely during uh, the winter times, and then maybe the way you've been able to communicate with the group of players in the past couple of weeks. Like, what have you, generally speaking, learned about this group of guys you're you're now coaching? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. So we were here. We basically had, you know, for the time we started on, you know, at the end of that first week in January till the time that we were, you know, uh, cut loose going into spring break. Uh, you know, we basically had, you know what was it, 10 and a half, 11 weeks with them. Uh, you know, really, really early on, you know, the, 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 the best thing about this group, I could tell very early on how eager these guys were to be better. Um, and, and, and that was exciting. In the program, uh, you know, they were open to being coached, you know, and, and, and that, was the, that was the biggest thing. You know, we came in, and I know, I know Coach has said it his way too, but, you know, kind of basically told those guys, like, you know, I understand, you don't know us, we don't know you. And, and right now there's probably, you know, zero trust between us whatsoever. And, and, and rightfully so. I said, just give us a chance every day to show up, work for you, show us that we, we were an opportunity to be trustworthy. And we'll do the same thing for you guys. Um, you know, I went in, you know, by design with a, with an open slate on all these guys. Um, I didn't look up any stats. I didn't watch any highlights. I didn't watch any game film. I didn't want to know who was the starter, who wasn't the starter. I didn't want to know who's a scholarship guy, who's a walk-on. Uh, develop those relationships and form those opinions on guys based upon what kind of man walks through the door every day. What kind of work ethics there? What kind of characters there? What kind of attitude is there? And, and start from there. You know, and I knew when spring ball rolled around, we'll see guys fly around. But I was thinking an idea of, of of who's who in the the you know hierarchy of playmakers. Um, but that was it's one of the most fun things, man. Is 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 we we bonded with these guys pretty quickly, and that, that's a testament to the kind of character of the kids that were here when we got here. Um, but just their their drive, their desire, the 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 how eager those guys are to work and how eager they are to improve. Um, 
and how important it is to those guys to get this program where this program is supposed to be. You know, I, I've said it before. There's, you know, there's, there's plenty of places in America that are, it's a cool place to go play college football. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a neat environment or there's other appealing factors there. Well, the number one most appealing factor to a place like Florida State is, is the history and the tradition. And the fact that when you go there, you're part of something far, far larger. You're not coming here just for, for a, a cool campus or a, or a lifestyle. You're coming here because you want to be part of the all-time greats that this place has produced. Mm. You know, you want to be, you want to be part of the, you know, you want to be part of DDU. You want to be part of upholding the tradition that's been set here, and that's why all these guys came here. And now, now that we're here, it's 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 our job to take that desire those guys have. And that- coach, we've talked a lot about some of the uh, hurdles to to staying in shape and whatnot, but what about nutrition? Um, how are you guys handling that as a staff and, and working with the players on, on their nutrition? You know, with, with right now, uh, you know, uh, Marissa Fedish is our uh, registered dietitian, our staff. Uh, her and her staff are kind of in the same mode that myself and my staff are in in, in their area. Uh, communicate with guys daily. Uh, you know, they have uh, some uh, uh, team-specific uh, social media accounts set up where guys can go to get – Right now, a lot of it's it's, it's information and education um, of, you know, she's helping guys put together budget-friendly grocery lists. And now they've bought these groceries here is what you can do with those groceries. Uh, just, you know, constant checkups on that with some of our, you know, priority weight gain and weight loss guys, you know, see if they got a place to, to weigh in at, you know, so we're kind of staying up on that. Um, and then starting this week, uh, we're doing uh, – working with getting those guys some uh some delivered meals and things like that we all mm-hmm. do with it you know they don't have access to what's on campus making sure we're still doing our part to to get those guys fed and and to, to help them out and try to provide them as best we can even though they're not here on campus we still you know they're still our guys and we still want to make sure that they're that they're that they're taking care of and doing well and that's that, that that's a that's a huge part of it yeah that sounds like a real challenge well coach we really appreciate you taking this time this morning to uh sit down with us and chat um, but before I let you go, uh, Trey Rowland would, would really want me to ask you this. Who is your favorite pro wrestler of all time? Oh, gee. <laughs> or maybe somebody right. that's influenced your style. Booker T. Spinneroonie. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, I grew I mean, I grew up on old school, you know, WWF back in the day, you know, Saturday night's main event, you know, was a, was a, was a, was a big deal for me as a kid, you know, hoping we were over to aunt and uncle's house or something and an opportunity to stay up late and watch that, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, I know, I know, it's, I know it's cliche, man, but you, you, you can't beat Hulk Hogan walked out, walking out wrapped in the American flag, you know, throwing up 21 inch pythons. Like, I mean, that's vintage Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I, I get yep. that. Okay. Well, coach, um, we thank you and uh, good luck. And we'll be watching you guys in 2020. Yeah, thanks coach. Yep. I appreciate the time guys. Anytime. Oh, and go Knowles. Absolutely. Go Knowles.